The highly changed, crazy world we inhabit these days rolls on. And so are we, right here on the podcast, with the same name as the playlist it is about. In the first place, Brett's Play-By-Playlist. I'm Brett Williams. Thank you for joining me once again. And I hope that as you listen to this, you are well, and your family is well as well. Hopefully you are staying healthy, finding ways to navigate all the different challenges that the coronavirus pandemic has caused each and every one of us, understanding that those difficulties and challenges may be different for, and they are different for every person, every family out there. So whatever it is that has changed in your life, whatever struggles you may be going through, I wish you all the best. And I pray that you will get the strength to continue to find your way through the time to come until our lives get back to what we knew at some point before this pandemic began. I found myself so often in my life listening to music at times which I've needed a boost, and that is the whole purpose behind this podcast in the first place. Again, if you're just joining this podcast, haven't been familiar with what I'm doing, I have built a playlist on Spotify, Brett's Play-By-Playlist, Volume 1, COVID-19 Sports Hiatus. You can find that on my Spotify account, taking it all in 1317. And I've been adding one song every day since March 14th, which was two days after what we've been calling the day that sports died, the day that all sports across North America came to a crashing halt for the foreseeable future. And I've started building this soundtrack of songs as a new constant, even when sports normally are that, that pull us together during difficult times. If we don't have that, we still do have music, and I've been trying to select songs that speak to any given experience throughout this pandemic, offer words of encouragement, give us a chance to express our emotions, whatever that might be, and I will continue to build that playlist all the way until sports come back. And again, this podcast serves to analyze those choices, and that's exactly what what I am here to do today. As has been the case from the start of this pandemic, but perhaps mostly amplified this week, we have heard a lot of conflicting information recently about what to expect as this rolls forward. First of all, let's take the sports tack for a second. Major League Baseball has reportedly been coming up with different ideas of how to salvage the 2020 season, how to play it in any capacity. There have been discussions of quarantining all the personnel needed, players, coaches, staff, maybe even families in Arizona, where a lot of spring training ballparks are, and create what's sometimes been referred to as a bubble city of sorts, isolating all of them from the outside world and playing games without fans there. There's a separate plan talking about doing it between Arizona and Florida, so getting all 30 spring training ballparks involved, or I guess it's not quite 30 because there are some teams that share ballparks, but you get my point. We've also seen similar ideas come out of the NBA. They're talking about Las Vegas doing a similar thing. The NHL, maybe in Grand Forks, North Dakota, maybe in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, a couple different places thrown out there for the NHL. And of course, both of those leagues are trying to finish a season, not start one. So they have a lot of motivation to get out there and try to bring some closure to the 2019-20 campaign. But regardless, at the same time, we then hear, as was reported by the Los Angeles Times earlier this week, that the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, came out and said, you know, we may not be able to see any sort of large public events, sports included, until 2021. 
He said in an interview on CNN, it's difficult to imagine us getting together in the thousands anytime soon. I think we should be prepared for that this year. And so it leads you to believe, well, here are all these leagues trying to create something. And admittedly, you know, Garcetti's talking about large gatherings and these sports, while certainly the players and everybody involved would be a gathering in and of itself, there aren't any fans there. So maybe there's a way to make sense of both of those pieces of news. But at the same time, it does make you think, is a very long-term restriction, a very long-term changed life for all of us simply more realistic? It's hard to say. You know, we saw Thursday night this week, the White House release its official guidelines recommended to the country of how to reopen the economy, this three-phase plan, each of which is a slightly closer version of normalcy, at the end of which is still going to be some things, presumably until we get a vaccine or some sort of large-scale herd immunity to this virus. We're not really going to see true normalcy, but at least we, we could take these steps to do it. But again, those aren't necessarily being enforced. We see governors have the ability to essentially put in their own guidelines, just using this as some sort of model. We are seeing different cohorts of governors getting together and saying we're going to coordinate regional reopening of economies. Just a lot that we don't know. And of course, that's the nature of a novel virus and a pandemic like this. Understandable that there's a lot of people who just simply don't know what to do. But it is difficult, I think, for a lot of us who aren't involved in the decision making and are going to be subject to policies rather than implementing those policies. Just kind of hard to make sense of it all. Hard to know what to expect. And so it has just been that kind of week. So we are uncertain of what's going to happen, but at least the talk of reopening, at least these ideas that people are coming up with and the will that we know we all have collectively to try to get our lives back. It's giving us some hope. It's giving us some hope that maybe, you know, we've there's been some reports that maybe nationally we're past the peak of this thing, even though it's going to be a long downhill slope. There's just something to cling to right now. There's a chance that maybe we're moving in the right direction. And we certainly are in the sense of you're seeing everything about the evidence that social distancing and other guidelines are working. Certainly, we know that. So there's things to hope for in the midst of the uncertainty. And it's that concept that I think is captured in the song I'd like to focus on today. Even If It Breaks Your Heart by Eli Youngband. song was released in 2012 and I first I don't know if I first heard it but I certainly first really paid attention to it let's say at a concert in May of 2013 I attended it was part of Kenny Chesney's No Shoes Nation tour in which Eli Young Band, Eric Church, Casey Musgraves all performed leading up to Kenny Chesney unbelievable show but I heard again Eli Young Band perform live right there and this song really stuck out to me as offering a lot of hope you know keep on dreaming right that's a great message in and of itself and I'm going to dig into that in just a moment first I need to point out when this song really started to mean something to me, not just resonating with me, but actually meaning something to me. And that was about half a year later, November 1st, 2013. Now, this is not one of those dates that 
just sticks out in my head and oh this was a, a momentous day in my life not quite the case but if you've listened to previous episodes you know that a few times i have mentioned my senior thesis from the university of south carolina honors college which i wrote about my journey of freshman year told through music i built a different spotify playlist you can find that as well as a separate playlist for every semester of college right there on that spotify account taking it all in 1317 so check out those in addition to this play-by-play list but in any event that year i put together a soundtrack that told my story and then my senior year i revisited that and analyzed my choices redeveloped some of those stories and talked about how my use of music to regulate my emotions, to help me get through that big transition in my life, can speak to other people going through large transitions. Obviously, we are in such a boat right now. So that is why I'm able to know that November 1st, 2013 is relevant to this song because I have labeled that as such in my senior thesis. The official discipline in which I wrote was an autoethnography, and I explained that in a previous episode, but I wrote it essentially diary style, except for obviously the deep academic research and other things that I had to do to ground what I was doing, but, you know, the literature reviews and the like. But in any event, the the main body of the thesis is written diary style. So I've got the entries labeled by day. And on November 1st, 2013, I'll just give you a quick setup of where exactly I was at that point. It was one of those days where I was just struggling a little bit. And I don't know, as I referenced here, it was raining, it was pouring down rain, gloomy day in Columbia, South Carolina. Maybe it was just one of those where I was feeling a little bit lonely. I did not have a roommate my first year of college, and maybe that was getting to me. You know, it's just one of those days. So I was looking for something as a pick-me-up, and in just scrolling around on some various stations, I came across this song again. And it was the start of that chorus that you just heard that really spoke to me profoundly. In fact, I'll just read you what I wrote in my thesis. I said each O, that O, is split into two syllables, as you just heard. The second in a higher octave that turns the folksy melody into a hope-laden wail. Now, hopefully you heard that. I'll play that again real quick. When that goes up in the higher octave, it changes the whole mood of the song. Like I said, there's a folksy melody out the gate. It feels like a nice rhythmic country song with some soul in there. And then all of a sudden, when they hit up, it turns it into something bigger. And I felt that that night. I felt like I was reaching out, looking for hope, looking for something to hang on to. As I put it, I have to keep on dreaming, knowing from experience that some days will hurt but that they should soon be replaced by brighter ones. And so I think that's what we have to do in times like this. Certainly under the circumstances, we are going to have tough days, whether in terms of significant setbacks from health or jobs or all the different ways that this can negatively affect our lives. But sometimes it's just gets to us. It overwhelms us. I talked about that in a previous episode as well, but it doesn't mean we can stop dreaming. Now, what happened that night is I remembered I got a notification on Facebook that I had been invited to a game night. Actually, a sports night is probably the better way to put that at our campus rec center by InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which I had just joined a couple of weeks prior. 
They were going to play some dodgeball, a couple other games in the gym, and just have some fun getting to know one another. And I said, well, you know what? Why not? I put on my raincoat, went out there in the rain, went down there, met a couple people, including one of whom is one of my best friends in the world to this day. That's another story. But it was a fantastic night, and it was exactly what I needed at the time. And I'm not sure I would have gone out and done that had I not heard Eli Young Band's words encouraging me to keep pushing through. Because that's what it is. It's not about just keep on dreaming. It's about keep on pushing. And I think the song captures that a little bit. Because at the end of the day, if we're dreaming, I think we are almost intrinsically motivated to go after that dream. Because otherwise, is it really a dream? Or is it just a fading wish? Something to think about. Now, my dreams right now are a few. First of all, I definitely can't wait to get sports back. And I really i am dreaming of that day when we see sports again, particularly when we see them with fans, as we've always known them. But at this point, I'll take any sports. Obviously, any sports would help me as a sportscaster out of work right now. I would love to get my job back and be able to tell stories, especially if there aren't fans. My goodness, I guess my job becomes even more important in order to paint those pictures and tell those stories. So I'm looking forward to that. I've always been a big fan of summer, all the different things you can do, going to the beach, going to amusement parks and water parks, hanging out outside, which of course we can still do. Thank God in the midst of all of this, we need that. Go outside if you haven't in a while, get some fresh air and some vitamin D. But nonetheless, all the great parts of summer, I don't want to lose that. And I don't know how much any of us are going to get of summer this year. I'm hopeful it's something like what we've known. It's just hard to say right now. Very, very hard to say. But I'm dreaming of that. And most importantly, I am really, really hoping and dreaming, and this may be out of my control, but I'll just say this, that this thing really does act like some viruses we know, that the heat of the upcoming summer will kill this thing a little bit. Even if it does become seasonal, it comes back in the winter, it buys us some time to get on top of this thing, that people will be immune to it after they get it, even if only for a short time, maybe it's not a long time but something. And because of all of that, and added testing and added equipment, PPE, ventilators, all that stuff that our, our heroes on the front lines need more and more of to save lives, that we lose fewer people to this thing. That's obviously the biggest dream. And I'm hopeful that we can see some of that come together in order to achieve that end. Now, in terms of these dreams, some might come true, some might not. But again, we have to keep on dreaming, even if it breaks your heart. And I'm a big believer, always have been, always will be in the power of optimism. I know the biggest counter argument to optimism is people don't want to be disappointed. People don't want to be let down. Well, you know what? You're going to be in life anyway. Doesn't matter what your outlook is. Sometimes you're going to be disappointed. Sometimes you're going to be let down. I'd much rather live my life focusing on the positive in between those points of disappointment than just being down for the longest time, and it's going to happen anyway. Some say the ups are higher. If you're a pessimist, I don't see any reason to believe why they would be, because guess what? You get a whole lot more ups when you're an optimist. Think about that. So keep on dreaming, even if it breaks your heart. I also really love the final verse of this song. It says essentially the same thing, but in a little bit of a different way. And it almost elaborates on its point a bit. The first part says, Some dreams stay with you forever, drag you around, but bring you back to where you were. Didn't quite work out. 
But then the second part says, Some dreams keep on getting better. You gotta keep believing if you wanna know for sure. So just a great point there. We don't know, again, if our dreams are going to come true or not. But that uncertainty doesn't mean we should stop dreaming. And more importantly, stop pursuing those dreams. Gotta keep believing if you want to know for sure. So that's what I've got on this song. And as I always do, episode to episode, I like to recap my other songs from the playlist, talk a little bit about what those have meant to me and why those are on the playlist. So if you'll humor me a few more minutes, I'll dig into that. Last time we spoke, I had just added Holding Back the Years by Simply Red to the playlist. That was the suggestion from my last guest, Wayne Diesel. So we've got seven other songs between then and now. First one came on Easter Sunday, so I had to go with something that had to do with rising, of course. And so I went with Katy Perry's Rise. This is no mistake, no This one came to mind for two reasons. Number one, again, I think about things that are associated with sports, and this was the NBC theme to the 2016 Rio Olympics. But secondly, there's a lot of religious imagery in this song. I'm not sure how intentional it was. I know it wasn't. Obviously, it was written for use in the Olympics. It wasn't written with a religious tack. But think about that. That's why I played that last bit. When you think the final nail is in, think again. I will still rise. There's also, I call on my angels. They say, oh, ye of so little faith, don't doubt it, don't doubt it. Just saying. And speaking of faith, so on Easter Sunday, my family and I tuned into the live stream from the Basilica of the National Shrine in Washington, D.C., and uh, Archbishop Wilton D. Gregory in his homily talked about how in a time like this, our clocks and our calendars have a whole lot less significance, obviously, with how many things that we're not able to do. And suddenly we have this time, or at least we think we do. But he talked about how God resets our clocks and calendars all the time and how we don't know how much time we have ever. And so it's time to focus on the things that matter. So all this discussion of clocks and calendars and time led me to a certain pretty familiar piano riff. Yes, of course, that is Clocks by Coldplay, and it's a very complicated song lyrically. There's a lot of grand use of metaphor, and I'm not going to dig totally into that song because that would take its own episode in and of itself, but I'm going to cite the following. This is a song review on allmusic.com written by Mackenzie Wilson about this song which argues that clocks pushes one to wonder about the world's obsession with time while connecting it to the theory, make the best of it when we're here, present and alive. I love that. I'm all about making the most of time. And I also a lot of times struggle myself with an obsession with time, trying to fit everything in and doing that. And sometimes you have to step back and not do that. But it's a struggle. And I think we all engage with that to different extents. So I think that's relevant to what we're dealing with. Of course, there's another lyric in this song that asks, am I a part of the cure or am I part of the disease? 
also quite relevant. Some other thoughts, some other conversations I've gotten into this week have been about technology. A lot of times we either praise technology right and left for its advancements or we malign it for the ways that it has somehow taken us away from basic fundamental human decency at times and courtesy and things like this. But at the end of the day, technology is there to serve a positive purpose and no one illustrates that quite as well or shouts out to that in such a way as does Brad Paisley in his recent single, Alive Right Now. It'd be difficult to play a particular segment of this song simply because there's so many different references he drops. This is not by any stretch out of the norm for Brad Paisley. He takes a a very clever, whimsical approach to a lot of his lyrics. Some of his other songs, Water does this, and crushing it does this uh, he loves to play with words and also sometimes even the delivery of them to make a unique point about where we are in our lives always a positive one too uh, and this song is perhaps the magnum opus of that mini anthology of work he references siri ubers ways gps facetime all kinds of things in this song and how There are ways that do keep us connected and how it's so good to have these things if we do it right. Perhaps the best of those is what leads into the final chorus of this song. Not only is that a great point, but Paisley also features the vocals of Addie Pratt. Addie Pratt happens to be a cancer survivor and alumna of St. Jude. She was there, helped save her life, and here we are. And that comes full circle in this song. So very nice job by Brad Paisley and, and this whole single of telling us, hey, Even in the midst of everything we're going on, it seems crazy to say, but it's great to be alive right now. First of all, it's great to be alive, period. Any day we're on this earth, it's a great day. But the fact that this is happening in a time when technology is at the point where we can be on countless Zoom meetings to keep our work going, to connect with our friends and our loved ones, all the social medias keep, I mean, all of these things. And the medical advancements, of course, everything that all of our, again, heroes are out there doing to save lives. Isn't it great to have all of that at a time like this? So, yes, it is great to be alive right now. And let's be thankful for that. Next one was very simply another day where I need some encouragement. So I went to the song that does it probably better than anyone else. I get no of course is the song with perhaps the most interesting name of any out there by a band that also has a very very interesting name it is tub thumping by chumbawamba i hope i pronounced chumbawamba right if it isn't i don't know what it is so i'm going with that now to be honest with you i have no idea what that means and obviously the song is you heard it that's the refrain of the song i get knocked down but i get up again you're never going to keep me down right well i went to urban dictionary why i went there i don't know but it says the top definition actually says tub thumping is going out and singing and having drinks after protesting 
And it continues, tub thumping was something the Irish did when they were revolting against England. This written by James on February 19th, 2005. I have no idea if that's accurate. I haven't really dug into it much. I did cross-reference with dictionary.com, and they do have an entry for the verb tub thump, which says to promote something or express opinions vociferously. Okay, so maybe they were out expressing their opinions vociferously, and then they went and sang and had drinks about it, and all of that collectively is tub thumping. Maybe it is. I don't know. If it's not, I won't be held responsible. Sometimes I just have to call it as I see it. That's what I see, and that is what I have called. Thursday's song, perhaps the closest in meaning to, even if it breaks your heart, at least in the context how I'm applying it. Again, Thursday was the night that the White House issued its guidelines, and as I started to, again, we don't know exactly how these are going to unfold or if it's going to be just like this, but it did seem to, to suggest that there would be at least a two-week period in each phase and who knows when we can even get to phase one because of all the gating criteria, as they've called it, that we need to prove before we even advance. So it's really hard to say. And because of all that, when you start adding up those weeks, you realize, shoot, we may be a long way off from normalcy. And it just kind of hit me in that moment. And so, again, it was another one of these nights where I was just kind of battling with the information I'm getting saying, you know, is this something to expect? I don't know how long this is going to go. Well, shortly thereafter, my family and I flipped on the first few minutes of the Disney sing-along that ABC aired, a bunch of celebrities coming together to lead American families in singing songs from classic Disney movies. And one of the first ones that we heard, something that kind of spoke to that. And no one knows how far it goes. And as I heard it, I started to hear it in the light of those guidelines and this pandemic. Think about it. And no one knows how far it goes, right? But maybe if we stay focused on our goals, on our hopes, on our dreams, and maybe we continue to try to improve ourselves in this time and get excited about where we can go when all this is over, then maybe as the chorus continues... And we turn it from wondering how far, how deep, how vast is this challenge against us? We stop wondering about that and start thinking about what can we make of this and what can we make beyond this? How far will we go as our lives continue to unfold? So thank you to Ali'i Cravalho for those excellent vocals. Of course, this is How Far I'll Go from Moana. And I am not a huge savant of Disney movies of Disney Channel movies, I am, and I referenced that in a previous episode, but Disney movies, I'm a little bit behind. I actually have a good friend of mine who said, get Disney Plus and start watching some of these, and Moana was one of the ones she recommended, so I definitely want to do that. Again, love this song, love what it talks about, dreaming big, wanting to set foot, go into the unknown, and do something great with life, and it's something that can give us a lot of hope, I think, right now. But again, juxtaposing those two lines in the chorus, particularly in the midst of what we're dealing with right now, guess what? You've got to keep believing if you want to know for sure. Thank you, Eli Youngban.
Next up, a song that I'd actually never heard until Friday afternoon when I was listening to the radio and happened to hear this for the very first time. It was a song about a breakup type situation, somebody that's wondering where they're going from here, a lot of talk about being lonely, and yet the song had this very catchy beat, this upbeat, danceable, I felt like I was in a club or something listening to this. And I'm like, this doesn't match. The mood and the lyrics do not match here whatsoever. And interestingly enough, in doing research for my thesis, I actually came across a number of studies that talked about songs like this, where the melody and the lyrics don't really match each other. And some of the results said that a lot of times people can change their interpretation of the melody to match the lyrics. And yet, melodies studies show purely elicit emotions more strongly than do lyrics. So I've always argued that if that's the case, well, the melody hits you first, then you start paying attention to the lyrics. Maybe sometimes you can kind of spin the lyrics to match the melody. And it turns out, evidently, I'm barking up the right tree because that is one of the key points to this song by Benny and Gus Dapperton, Super Lonely. Now, I'm going to be honest, not only had I not heard this song before until Friday afternoon, I'd never heard of Benny, I'd never heard of Gus Dapperton, I have no idea who they are. The only thing I've looked up, Benny apparently is an up-and-coming artist from New Zealand, Gus Dapperton is from New York, that's all I know. But I found an interview that Benny did with Ariana Marsh of ID, a British magazine published by Vice Media, and in it she says she intended this song to poke fun at the trope of sad girls in music. And she says, sometimes when you're sad, you're just like, get over it. I think when I listen to music like this, where it's making fun of the feeling of being sad, in a way it kind of makes me feel good. So there's a, some satire to a trope here, a lot deeper than it seems. And she also goes on to talk about how the video to it is very happy, colorful. She wants it to make people feel happy. Despite the song, I mean, there's some explicit lyrics in here, but there's a lot of, I'm a loser, I'm a quitter, blah, blah, blah. And yet, that's not the point. It's actually a satirical point. So evidently, I was barking up the right tree. This is meant to make us feel good. So maybe it's just a, a silver lining in the sadness. I don't know. I like the song. Maybe that's why I dropped it in the playlist. But hey, it's got something to say, I guess. So there you go. Enjoy. Final song to mention was actually inspired by a collection of songs, if you will. Hopefully, like me and my family, you had a chance to tune into One World Together at Home, the special that aired on NBC, ABC, and CBS one night ago, April 18th, in case you're listening to this later than its publication night. But it was a special put on for two hours limited commercials, a really feel-good special. And that was essentially one of its points. As Lady Gaga announced to Jimmy Fallon a week or so ago when she announced this event, something that she helped organize, officially run by Global Citizen and the World Health Organization, it was a chance to bring tons of artists together to share their music, to uplift people, and also honor all of folks on the front lines, all of our medical workers, there was a lot of tributes to them, a lot of videos, a lot of stories. There also were 
perspectives from the front lines and from leading physicians and scientists worldwide talking about what they are doing to combat coronavirus and what all of us can do in our everyday lives to help our fellow global citizens in this fight. Really, really powerful show. It is streaming online, so please do check it out if you have not seen it before. But as a result of that, I really wanted to just give a quick tribute to Lady Gaga for her efforts to put this together to fundraise and make this thing happen. And somebody that I've always seen her as having a very pure heart, not only in her music, but just in her whole life and everything that uh, the persona that she's always carried herself with has been one of, of great authenticity and, and great concern for all those in need. And so I, I really respect her. I like her music. Uh, there's a lot of great tunes of hers. Uh, some are really danceable that I really like. This one is one that I thought fit the bill of the moment. One of her more poignant pieces, and that is Million Reasons. A lot of emotion, a lot of faith, a lot of struggle in this song. But I've seen if you actually check some online forums, there are a lot of people who talk about this song as something that helps lift them up and giving them reasons not just to stay necessarily in a relationship, as is the context of the song, but to stay in whatever fight they find themselves in their life, getting any kind of motivation, getting that one reason to stay is something that keeps them going, and we all need those reasons each and every day. I think we have quite a few, and we just need to tap into those. So thank you, Lady Gaga, for helping put this on, and again, just wanted to incorporate this song as a tribute to that. So that's just some thoughts from this week. Plenty more to come soon. Looking forward to having some more guests on future episodes as well to share their stories of time in the pandemic, share how music may be helping them, how music has helped them throughout their lives. So we've enjoyed some conversations with them. Looking forward to having some more and looking forward to have you along for that journey as well. In the meantime, I would encourage you to listen not just to my playlist, but also to music in general to help you right now, because just like the beginning of Even If It Breaks Your Heart, Way back on the radio dial, the fire got lit inside a bright-eyed child. Every note just wrapped around his soul. I really believe that. I have felt that. And I think we need that. We need those notes to lift us up, wrap around our souls, take us higher during this time. And I encourage you to do the same. Looking forward to having you along once again for our next episode of Brett's Play-By-Play List. In the meantime, thank you for joining me once again today. My name is Brett Williams. And until next time. Stay safe and stay together. Yeah.